is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Another week of fun and excitement. You can call in about whatever you want. So we can start things out here with a story from Raleigh in North Carolina, where a judge in Wake County said three Raleigh children need to switch from homeschool to public school. Now, how often does something like this happen? I haven't heard it too often. This is that divorce case out of Raleigh, right, my friends? You heard about this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, this is what you get when you put your faith in the state to give you a grant to get married. Exactly right. Uh, Vanessa Mills was in the fourth year of homeschooling her children, who are 10, 11, and 12 years old. They've tested two years above their grade levels, she said. So clearly, these aren't people that are just, we want to keep our kids home so we can make them work all day. You know, this isn't some situation where the kids are, are not, where the kids are being denied an education. They are being given an education in a homeschooling environment. And so when I first saw this story and someone sent this to me, I thought, oh, well, one parent wants the kid in public school. The other parent wants the kids in homeschool. They went to a judge and the judge made a decision. But it turns out that's not the case at all. Oh, that's interesting. That was the first impression I had, that the father wanted them in public school because he didn't want them taught uh, creationism and that the mother wanted them taught Christian values. Well, maybe I misread this. Let me continue here. Uh, It says that they've got, you know, math, reading, grammar, science, music, says Vanessa. Her lessons also have a religious slant, which the judge said was the root of the problem. Vanessa Mills said, my teaching strictly out of the Bible, and it's very clear, it's very evident, so I just choose to follow the Bible. In an affidavit filed Friday in the divorce case, Thomas Mills stated... That he objected to the ch- oh you know what you're right okay, okay. Right. he objected to the children being removed from public school he said Vanessa Mills decided to homeschool after getting involved with Sound Doctrine Church where all children are homeschooled I thought that when I first looked at this that uh, both parents were actually interested in uh, in having their kid homeschooled and the judge was going against well, hey, both of them you know there is a, there is this, uh, a story out of I believe it was Kansas about four years ago three years ago uh, where uh, two parents were getting divorced they were both Wiccan and the judge said in the divorce ruling he said that uh, even though both the parents were totally fine uh, with their their children uh, being taught uh, Wicca. Uh, the That's judge right. said you cannot do that. You have to send them to some sort of either a government school or a private Catholic school. Yeah, I do remember that Classy. story. Classy. So, so it has happened it before. It has happened, yes. But even in this case, the point still remains that when you get a government marriage, and where, where I was going to go with this was that, well, when you apply for a government marriage, it's actually an agreement between you, the person you love, and the state. <laughs> and so when it comes time to dissolve that marriage then you have to play by whatever rules the state decides are appropriate. Exactly. You know, I I understand this woman's anger, but uh, maybe she should have had the foresight to realize, which is something that we tell people here all the time, and, you know, I tell my evangelical friends here in New Hampshire, why do you want to put the state before God? Why do you want to have to get a license to have to get married? And, of course, now they're trying to use it as a tool to exclude homosexuals from getting what they get, uh, the establishment of the state under the, the Lockean concept of government was that the state was supposed to have been established to protect people and their property from aggression by others. If you look at this marriage thing, this has nothing to do with protection. It is a license 
it's an exclusive license for certain people to be able to perform marriages, and it is permission to get special favors from the government if you get married. Mm-hmm. You get insurance things, you get visitation rights in hospitals, and homosexuals get really upset by this. They can't get this in states the way other people can. But everybody should pull back from this and say, hey, guess what? You're not supposed to get anything from the state if you're looking at it on the Lockean theory, and if you really want to apply it, you shouldn't even get police protection from the state. The state should shouldn't exist. Well, they don't have any obligation to provide you with any no, of those No, they certainly things. don't. Uh, you know, we like but to push it all the way. But you have an obligation to obey. Yes, you certainly do. Right. And we like to push it all the way. So if you can get people to recognize that it is a big mistake to get government involved, to, to have government supersede God for this evangelical Christian woman to say, hey, wake up. Look what you did. You went to the state to get married. Mm-hmm. Now you're paying the price. Your kids are going to be at the mercy of a judge's ruling. You reap what you sow. There you go. Now, you know, someone could say, hey, guard, uh, Ian, Mark, you know, in the in the private sphere, if they were to go to some sort of a private arbiter to get married or to get some sort of a private arrangement so that after the fact, if they had a problem, he might have made the same type of decision. Possibly. Well, fine, but then it would be all voluntary. That's true, because when you get married, how many people, when they run off to Vegas and get themselves a, you know, Elvis wedding or whatever, overnight shotgun wedding thing, Yeah. Uh, how many of them actually take the time to sit down and read all the laws that will apply to their marriage? Um, none. No. Really? Not even 1%, one percent, one point five, point two, point, point zero. A bunch of zeros. What? Yeah. And then some insignificant. Nobody does. Nobody does. When 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 they when two people want to get married, all they're consumed with is presumably at least their their love for one another and yeah. the excitement of oh the ceremony it's her day and she's going to have flowers and and yeah. music and uh, and food and cake and and in all Vegas of that. maybe getting Dresses. an Elvis impersonator and having some vodka whatever whatever it is yeah. they're t- they're tied up in the emotions surrounding the idea of being together forever and all of that and nobody really thinks about the piece of paper that they're signing that essentially binds them to the uh, the state it it binds them as uh, the the marriage exists at the pleasure of the now, state now what's interesting is some of the religious people want to be able to use the force of the state to create these binds so that only certain people will be able to be married and i have actually spoken to people who have said that the reason they're doing this to make sure that homosexuals can't get all these privileges that are granted. I don't want any of these privileges granted. These are the problems that arise when you ask the state to give you permission. Mm -hmm. But if they're going to operate on that level, the reason, they say, is because they want children to be reared in the optimal child-rearing environment. Oh, that's... oh, I I feel like Bill Maher here making these faces. If you make a bunch of of laws, then you'll get kids raised in optimum child-rearing environments. That'll that'll work, because they'll never be alcoholic fathers if you make make a bunch of laws. They'll they'll never be somebody who doesn't show up at night or well, you know yeah and, and 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 this is the thing so i said to this woman i literally said this this actually happened i said so does that mean you'll make all of these suboptimal illegal that's a great follow-up what do they say she says what do you mean i said well for example <laughs> could a single person adopt a child oh no no, oh, wow. I wouldn't allow that. See now, here's but here's the thing about um, ad- adoption versus regular childbearing. We yeah. basically had a had Jack because my wife was scared and concerned about all the work that would go into adopting a child because of my felony conviction. I see. 
So um, rather than going through the trouble and adopting a, a child, and likely we wouldn't have adopted, uh, you know, we wouldn't have gone through what so many parents do. And, and we want a white baby. We would have adopted, you know, ethnicity doesn't bother me. So yeah. we would have adopted either a black child or, uh, you know, Hispanic or Asian. Asian. Yeah. It doesn't really matter to me one way or the other. Um, so we would have likely adopted some child who is more at risk, as it were. But because of their laws... We went and, we went ahead and had a child. So what they did is they just you know they just they 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 lean these laws towards people who can't have who can have children. That's all. And that's you know if I was some kind of suboptimal parent, what could they have done about you know, it? Nothing. You've got you've got an entire spectrum of who can who controls what and categorize what as as suboptimal. In the sure. meantime, you get other people who finally they get their comeuppance here. And I, you know, no slight against this woman who's trying to do the right thing for her kids. She she bought into something that some people only later recognize is a mistake. Thinking that the government has to be involved with marriage. It was it's, her day when she got married, but it sure wasn't her day when they got when, when right. she got told by the judge Absolutely you can't right. you can't educate your kids the way you want yeah, to. Yeah, it's it, this is I don't this care is really if you're sad. the guardian or not. And and uh, you know I don't know about you guys, but uh, it's very difficult to talk to people about this particular issue, particularly if they're the getting the state out of marriage. Oh yeah, sure. It's, you, it's, just, it's they feel like you're attacking the institution yeah, of marriage. Right, right, exactly. But, this but, has been going on for hundreds and thousands of years since. They're, oh really? The government's been marrying people for hundreds of thousands yeah. of years? No, it hasn't. Maybe a couple of uh, centuries. It's like That's 150 all. years, yeah. And it was brought about because they didn't want blacks and whites getting married. In this country, yes. Exactly. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You're welcome to comment on uh, marriage, divorce, the state. The state essentially using marriage as a wedge to get involved in your relationships. And in between you and your children... Who would want something like that? Let's uh, take a closer look at these people that uh, embrace this idea in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and proof they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what that's all about. Again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. So we're... AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of the one item, off one item when you type in FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with the order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. It's AdamEve.com. Get 50% off with offer code FTL. So we were talking about marriage, uh, which, of course, in our world today is... Inherently, apparently, government involved. Government has to be involved from uh, the the altar all the way through to the divorce and, and thereafter. Yeah. And it's people that consent to this process that make it possible because people don't even think about what the real consequences are of getting into this government-controlled marriage system. In fact, it's so indoctrinated, as you pointed out, Gardner, that the there's a whole set of people, probably more the... Uh, the old school conservatives, we don't yeah. like change kind of people, mm-hmm. uh, who are very upset if you try to say anything to them about, well, I'm interested in getting married, but not with the state. 
If you go to them and say, well, I'd love my uh, my lady and we're going to get married, but we're not going to sign a, a marriage license. We're not going to apply. We're not going to send the $100 or whatever it costs here in New Hampshire or around the country. We're not going to send the, uh, the $100 to the state and get their official piece of paper recognizing. And you'll get people recoiling in fear mm. at this. You'll get people recoiling in disgust and they'll ask you, oh, why would you want to do that? That's not legal. Well, I, that, well that would, that's probably some of their concern. It also looks like, uh, you know, I think it, I, it seems to me that it looks like uh, to them that you're somehow jilting the woman. You're not but, committed. Yeah, you're too light on it. Well, that and it seems like. Most of the rules for marriage are, you know, slanted towards the female uh, because it's it, it's a partnership and males have higher earning potential than females do. So therefore, you know, uh, you know, women get women get their, uh, you know, the equity is, is uh, you know, sort of leans their way in marriage. So what people will often think is that you're trying to somehow slight the woman. Right. Which. Uh that's for her to decide, right? I mean, if, if she doesn't like that deal, she doesn't have to go through with it. If she doesn't want to get into a non-state marriage with you, no one is forcing her to. So it's basically them saying, maybe not to her face, that, boy, uh, you're trying to take advantage of her and she sure is stupid for going along with it. Isn't that basically them saying, your woman is stupid? I mean, if if that's what they're getting at. Yeah, and it, and it also seems like there's a, a they get the impression there's a lack of seriousness here. You're not serious about really getting married here, right. because if you were serious you'd about bring it, the state you'd in. get the state involved, and you'd know that if you wanted to get this split up, you'd have all sorts of problems from the state, and the state would be involved, and blah, 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 and the authority, the authority. It's just weird. And, and in fact, what do, what do the priests say? By the authority vested in me, I now pronounce you, authority vested in you by the state. By the state, they say exactly. that, don't they? Yeah. Yes. The what about God? I mean, aren't... I don't get. It's just it is perplexing to me. I cannot. I cannot fathom it. Once I came to realize, and of course, you know, then you tell people, "Hey, George and Martha Washington didn't have a license to get married." Is that you know? Because they always try to respect the founding fathers, and I think mm-hmm. George Washington was was fantastic, and you know, they overlook some of his faults. And it's like, "Hey, George Washington didn't have to get uh, get a license. Who did he turn to? He have, didn't have to go to the British authorities to get married." And, and did, now what? You know, right? And did it make would would a government marriage license make people less likely to get a divorce? Does a government marriage license somehow enhance uh, the ability of a couple to stay together yeah, for fact, a long term? In fact, you got you have laws in certain states no fault divorces. You, it, I think it tends to make it easier. If you had private contracts, the two parties would make their own rules about it. They'd come up with their own decisions. And it could be a very wide gamut, a wide range of what is acceptable. So you could have two people, maybe more free spirits, that have uh, kind of an open marriage. And you could have people that have a total lockdown, you know, uh, prenuptial, everything specified and set out in advance kind of an agreement. And everything in between. The marketplace could allow for that. And then, of course, you get this... this, open-ended argument of, well, if you allow these people to get married, the homosexuals to get married, and I'm putting on the southern accent, yeah. of course, sorry for this other people, but, sorry. you know, um, it seems and to be really universally bad. accepted as the dummy voice, but I'm sorry. Uh, hey, you, anyway. don't think, you don't think that there's other yeah, stupid sound that's true. That's, true. that's there? an excellent yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. This is the stupid evangelical voice, I guess, is, is a typical uh, cliche. But anyway, so they say, if you allow these people to get married, then, 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 then brothers and sisters will get married. And then a guy will marry his dog, and you'll get 15 <laughs> people getting married in some crazy rave up or something that they always have them kids out there. So, well, you know, guess what? Uh, if 
two individuals want to you know hook up some sort of a contract with each other, let them go ahead and do it. Dogs can't enter contracts. Yep. Sorry. That, well, that's yeah. That, that is the uh, the straw man, as it yeah, were. Yeah. Uh, something you know, some fake thing that's set up so that you can attack it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, sorry, a dog a dog can willingly enter into a marriage contract, can they? And then the next thing comes unfolding. Well, what about the killer? What about Jerry Lee Lewis marrying that thirteen year old girl? You gonna allow for something like that to happen? Huh? You gonna allow that? Wait, did he kill her? No, but oh, no. there was, was a they used to call him the killer. It was a oh, okay. long story. But anyway, <laughs> okay. so he married this girl. She was like 13 or 14. It was like a second cousin right. or something. So uh, anyway. You know what I have to say to that? Every time we talk about – it seems that having, it's happening more often these days, but we've, we've talked about statutory rape on this show, which, of course, is not really rape and an insult to, uh, to people that have actually been raped. Yes. But uh, the idea that it's a crime for someone who's 18 to have sex with someone who's 16 or, or whatever. Yeah. There's this arbitrary line drawn in various different states. Yeah. And we've had people call in to say – and email to say, I met my loved one at – when I was 15 uh-huh. and – and he was 30, and we're still together 15 years later. You know, we've got a kid or whatever, yeah. and, and well, we Loretta love each Lynn other. Is a perfect is a pretty good example. I mean, uh, you know, maybe maybe her marriage wasn't without uh, ups and downs, but you wouldn't know it if you if she wasn't a superstar. But she got married at what 14 or 15, yeah. Yeah. some yeah. incredibly small amount. And you know, we have had plenty of people call in and said, you know, mom and dad got married that way, and they stayed together for 50 years. And here's the deal: if you've got private societies, right, you have people saying, you know, if if somebody if people are intelligent enough, I had a conversation with some people at this uh, seminar on uh, public choice theory. There was a man there from the Wall Street Journal, and he was sort of my uh, uh, my foil. He would sort of battle me, my adversary here, and I would bring up the pro-freedom, pro-anti-state argument. He was anti-state to a point, but he was never willing to go completely over into anarcho-capitalism, total free marketeerism. I hate those people. Well, it was interesting. We, you know, we had interesting exchanges, and he often came up with a lot of these things. <laughs> Ian got the Ian I got, got a joke. I got it. Ian I know. got a joke. Because that's, that's smart. And, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so uh, but it was interesting because... Uh, Self-hating minarchist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he looks at himself in the mirror. I just can't be free. <laughs> just kidding, Mark. Anyway, so, so he's two against one here. This isn't nice. But anyway, that's how strong Mark is, how powerful he is. Now I'm buttering it up. Well, just, just finish your game Yeah, finish story. the point. So anyway, so uh, we were talking about uh, protection of kids. And I said, look, you know, if you've got private societies, just like people are, have the foresight to look into insurance policies to see what they want to cover, they're going to look into the different types of societal agreements they want to have. And they'll look into what the neighboring towns are going to have. So they're not going to they're not going to see their kids flying off to a neighboring town to get married and live. These sorts of things work themselves out with societal arrangements. 1-800-259-9231. You bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You know, from time to time, and uh, I think Saturday night was the most recent time, we get these people calling the show who they have the magic solution, the magic incantation, the the way out, the path out of the system. They know the path, and it is fill in the blank because it's always a little bit different. 
Uh, usually you have to write it on your car. But, well, they usually have something on their car or they have what this guy called a sufficient statement or whatever the, you know, the, the terminology is. You need to go and get these, this, this paperwork. You need to fill it out. You need to send it to this and this and this government bureaucracy, uh, blah, blah, blah. So they all have these paths, and many of them are charging hundreds of dollars in order to reveal these paths, alleged paths to liberty uh, for, you know, uh, yeah. uh, to those who are interested. And we never end up hearing anything back from these people. They never have anything of substance to say as far as their experiences in attempting to go through, to go down the roads that they are advocating. Some of them claim to be going down that road and that they're in the process of filing the papers that are going to set them free. And we never end up hearing back from them. They don't have any kind of website to point to that is is helping instruct others as to how to do this. Of course, if they actually did have a path to freedom that was working for people, then it should be huge. Yeah. Everyone should know about it, and that the person who is uh, who is promoting it should be very, very wealthy because, yeah. well, he's free. Yeah, and he doesn't absolutely. have to give any of his money over to uh, the federal uh, federal government. So I want to talk a little bit more about some of these people here in a moment. 800-259-9231 is the number. I also want to tell you about our friends at SACL CAI. If you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, then you need SACL CAI because they do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. And don't forget the live streams over at the Free Talk Live website, where we've got a lot to listen to, and it's all completely free at listen.freetalklive.com. Uh, we'll get to the, the people that have the path out of tyranny here in a moment, the but first, we go to your phone calls and talk to Andy in Michigan. Andy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andy. How you doing? You're on the air. What's on your mind? Uh, I was listening to the last Thursday show with uh, Wayne, and uh, there was a caller that had talked about uh, anarchism that had prevailed in Pennsylvania in the, in the mid to late 17th century. Okay. And you had mentioned that you thought that this was good, that people... It's declared their independence, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But what I wanted to, what I wanted to point out was that wasn't, that wasn't what the people of Pennsylvania did at all. And the Crown demanded that they form an assembly, so they formed an assembly. But the thing of it was, nobody ever showed up. So they formed an assembly, which is supposed to be a government? Is that the idea? Anything, anything that was government-related, including taxes or duties or fines, they just simply, as a, as, a, as a mass, ignored it. And the guy that founded the colony, William Penn, was at his wit's end over it. He ended up broke because he just could not get any money out of these people. They just didn't pay. They just didn't care. And they did, they didn't, their assembly never met up. They, they formed the assembly like they were told, but nobody ever went and met because they weren't interested in government. And so, so what nobody happened? participated. So what happened with their society? Well, it, it went on like that for quite a while, and then eventually the crown had got a, got a you know hair across its whatever to to go in and, and reform the colonies, and that's when all the colonies became royal colonies. And mm. They instituted government that was you know, and they still they they still ignored it to a large part even after that. But hmm. as generations wore on, the, the, the younger the younger people didn't have that. Of, you know, spirit that the that their forefathers had. They just they just didn't care about any kind of government, anything, and they didn't participate. Hmm. 
Interesting. I appreciate that. What was it called? The Pennsylvania. What, what time? What time frame was that for people that want to look into that? Um. Well, your caller the other night pointed out which pages of Murray Rothbard's book it was, in, and that's the same source that I that I that's where I read it. Gotcha. And the book was but, called uh, what? It's called uh, Conceived in Liberty. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a multiple book. It's a real set. look at, at colonial history from you know about the turn of the 17th century until I'm not sure when because I'm I'm honestly I only read books mostly in audio form yep. on my iPod. I've and got I, I've got. They've only gone up to chapter 30 on the second volume so far, and I don't have time to sit down and read it. Very good. But, well, but it's, it's a great book. I've really enjoyed it. Well, thank and you for that. It I really appreciate. points out. The, it just points out how. Awful bad tyranny has been forever because they yep. had their own brand of it back then. That's for sure. Yep, and so it's right. it's time something changed, and it's really it's up to each of us to do something about it. And if we continue on like we've been programmed to, and just go along to get along, and don't speak up when we see uh, tyranny happen, then we're going to keep getting what we've been getting. But if we actually will make a stand for liberty, then I think things can change. And I thank you for the call tonight at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue with Jeremy in Montana. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Guard and Mark. Jeremy. Jeremy picking picking up his phone, hopefully. Hello. Hey, hello. You're on the air. Hey, uh, sorry about that, fellas. Sorry, right, what's uh, on your mind? The that speakerphone isn't as good as my last one, but anyway, uh I guess they're passing some kind of or trying to pass some kind of bill in Congress that's gonna regulate how we do our gardens and our backyards and stuff now. What is this now? Yeah, there's um there's something <laughs> Is this the food tracking legislation? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, basically, and I think it's, it has a lot to do with uh, Monsanto's yeah. mark trying to quarter the market on seeds going to outlaw farmers to gardens and farmers markets on saturday mornings that sort of thing because they, if they don't uh, obey whatever the federal government's tracking legislation is they'll essentially be illegal farmers is that the idea yeah and uh like uh uh safety for the children food program or oh, whatever of course. yeah we've got to keep the kids safe that's we've got to uh, get the terminator seeds and all that monsantos wants to corner the market so we'll all we'll have is like GMO seeds and uh, Terminator seeds, but so stock up on the seeds, fellas. The Harlooms are the best. You know yeah. where to get them. Heirlooms, yeah. The heirlooms? Yeah, heirlooms, and uh, that's what I'm trying What's to do. What's that mean? What's an heirloom? Um, it's just old seed varieties. Uh, they, often you'll get different flavors than you've had before. For instance, I had some heirloom tomatoes recently that tasted, um, you know, kind of cherry-ish hmm. at the same time. And yeah, and also they regrow good back the next year. Yes. you got to be careful what seeds you buy because some of them, They'll be. They'll say like they're organic seeds, but then they'll produce real good this year. But then when you go to dry seeds off of that plant to reuse the next year, it'll grow the stock, but no corn. Yeah, I've heard a lot so of these. You got to be careful. You know what seeds you buy because you want to be able to dry your own again for the next year. I've heard a lot of the smaller farmers are very upset about this thing. I I, I know over at Freedom's Phoenix, uh, Ernie Hancock and some of the folks over there have been keeping track of this Monsanto thing. I don't know all that much about it. But uh, I know that small farmers and, as you say, uh, people who have their own backyard gardens are a little bit freaked out by it. It's supposed to be devastating. And, Jeremy, thanks for calling tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yep. It's supposed to be devastating to small farmers and small, not just farmers, but also small mom-and-pop food producers. So, yeah. again, the smaller your operation, the more difficult adhering to these federal regulations is going to be in the same way that there was also the new Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act of 2008 that has made it so that all toy manufacturers – 
including the little guys, have to put every single model of their toys through a, a lead testing and a phthalates, a phthalates yeah. testing yeah. process. And this can cost thousands of dollars per unit that they're testing. It so, does cost thousands of dollars it, per yeah, unit. Yeah, I mean, it can cost 1000 or 3000 or who knows how much. Well, it's probably 1000 for people, that, um, you know, big, the, the big players that can talk down the testing places because they're giving them a bunch of units to test. Yeah, but However, one off. Yeah, when you're, the, when, when you're running, you know, some little, uh, you know, operation where you're getting your wool and wooden toy tested for lead as though there would be any in that, then you're going to pay 30 Bucks. And, of course, they are yelling about this. These people, the business owners that are going to have their businesses affected, the, the retailers that are going to have their businesses affected, in this case the farmers and the small uh, food manufacturers that are going to have their businesses affected, they're yelling about this and they're saying, hey, this isn't fair. Well, why, don't, why are you doing this to us? Please exempt us. They're all asking for an exemption. They're all asking, please help. Help us, federal government. Don't do this. We have businesses and families and you're hurting us. Please stop. But they're not going to do anything more than beg, and I think that's where the big problem comes in here. More coming up. You bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com is the place to go. We go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. And if you like the show and you want to uh, help uh, help Free Talk Live, learn how to promote us over at promote.freetalklive.com. Great ways to help get this show into more ears and help new people discover the ideas of freedom. Promote.freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, we go to Ron in Kentucky. Ron, you're on Free Talk Live. What's up, Mark, Ian, and Garth? Hey. hey, right. Actually, it's guard, but uh, it's close enough. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, What's on your mind tonight, Ron? Uh, I want to talk about this horse thing. It's kind of getting old, but uh, you know, I work in the horse industry here in Kentucky, and I, uh, I didn't get the information on what happened with the court case. Well, I don't no, believe there's, there's, a court there's no court case. case at this point. If you're referring to uh, Brian Travis's confiscation of his horses, the government came last uh, yesterday, not yesterday, but last Monday, and stole a dozen of his wife's thirty horses. They would like to get those horses back, and I think they wouldn't mind going to court over it. But right now, the government guys haven't filed any charges. They, they haven't even been talking information. Yet. Yeah, I mean, we, the, all kinds of Liberty Media up here have been asking them for comment, and they've refused. They re- they've never called me back. Dave Ridley never got a response didn't to his written me. request. They didn't call you. So they're not talking to anybody. We don't know what the next step is. All we know is right now they've got a dozen of our our friend Brian's horses, and they aren't talking. Gee, you know, that's a shame. That you know where they took them? If they uh... Secret. Secret yeah. locations. Yeah, and that was one of the things. You know, if you get to see Brian's video on YouTube, uh, he was as surprised as anybody else as he walked around with his, uh, his BlackBerry and was just videotaping the trucks. They taped over their license plates. They taped over the names of the... Uh, of the uh, uh, horse farms. They're all part of this um, team of people called the Rescue Something or Other. It's in the uh, New Hampshire Union Leader article. And if you go to NH Free, there's a lot of information Ian's been posting there. A lot of people have been posting there uh, with their thoughts and opinions as things un- unfold. But the the state is not willing to let things unfold. They've got things pretty sealed up right now. Yeah, around here, um, these rescue farms will receive a lot of brood mares that they... Uh, uh, some of the, some of the smaller farms will claim are no longer commercially viable. They come in, uh, you know, awfully awfully thin and um, oftentimes unhealthy. 
And these farms um, tend to feed them real high-fat diets, which are uh, which is counterproductive to uh, bring the horse back to proper health. So it's hmm. kind of had me a little bit concerned about their uh, horses. Yeah, I'm concerned too because the one of the things that some of the critics were saying was when Brian went around with his camera, went around with his BlackBerry, and shot the footage of his horses being confiscated. He didn't get real close up on the horses to show how in good a condition they are, probably because he was busy trying to just film all of the action going on around him and ask questions and and well, ascertain the situation. So what I'm I'm concerned with is here we don't know where these horses are. We don't know what kind of treatment they're getting. We know that they've been getting good treatment, but does everybody just happen to have photos and video of all their horses sitting around to where they could go and say, "See, here are our horses the week beforehand. We just happen to take pictures of them all a week in advance to show you how uh, you know in good health they are." Nobody has this for their for their animals and I so agree. if they come back that makes sick, sense if, if they come back sick the government people could have been the ones that were starving them that's right well, who knows that, that much is true and you, you, we don't know however if if uh, you know brian could put, take video of his other horses and say look these horses are perfectly healthy and yeah. happy as he said and and that would probably put put to rest all that other nonsense well brian was mentioning to me uh, when I, we got to chat on uh, thursday or friday we did an interview and uh, he was t- you know they took all the mares they took the most valuable horses, yeah. and uh, we don't know anything about what's going on. And, and I asked him, I said, look, you know, I'm trying to figure out this statute. Uh, originally, there was a complaint about shelter, but now they're saying that uh, they were worried about their welfare as far as feeding goes or vaccinations. He said, well, yeah, you know, they say, they say now that we didn't have this paperwork done for this equine vaccination that had to get done. And he said, but if you look at the statutes, and of course at NH Free people have been trying to uncover exactly what what is the problem here. Uh, the statutes, they're not supposed to be able to come in and just take away someone's property, nope. steal their property. A process. They're supposed to deliver a citation, and yeah, the, and the process was not adhered to at all here. Nope. Well, as usual, I mean, they. <laughs> this yeah, is what we've been right. seeing here: as more uh, free staters have moved into New Hampshire and gotten active and gotten video cameras and brought these video cameras out with them as they were doing their activism, we're doc- Documenting uh, point after point in the horse case, in the courts, all over the place. The police, we document how these people, these government people, who have sworn an oath, allegedly, to uphold the New Hampshire Constitution and the U.S. Constitution, who've sworn these oaths to their own system, just aren't even bothering to even try to follow the rules that they're supposed to follow for themselves. It's, It's happening across the board in every governmental bureaucracy, and it's just now that people are starting to become... I think consistently aware of this because it's just it's not nobody can just brush this off and say well it's just that one office or it's just that one bureaucrat he's breaking the rule it's across the board everybody is in on it and most of them don't even know what their rules are in the first place so it's not like they're conspiring to break the rules it's just that they don't know what they are yeah. it's and the nature of authority yeah, if, if, yeah. when when you give somebody power like that they don't have any reason to follow their own rules because they're not going to pay any price they're completely insulated so usually what you'll see is one decision maker at the top, like a judge, for instance, in one of these district courts will say, okay, no cameras, period. And then the rest of his bureaucrats, who certainly know less about the system than he does, so the judge probably knows he's breaking the rules, but the rest of them, they don't even know what the rules are, so they just take the judge's 
whatever the judge says as the law. They don't care what the, the rules law. are. If you could, sh- if you could walk into, no, a, right, they don't. If, if you could walk into a court and you know the one here in Keene where they have uh, outlawed cameras or whatever when when they had, and uh, you would show a bailiff, look, here's the law that says cameras should shall be allowed in the court. That bailiff would say, take that piece of paper, crumple it up, and stick it where the sun doesn't shine because I don't care. I'm here yeah. to serve the judge. So they're not. They don't follow laws. Well, uh, that's, that's quite true, man. I mean, uh, you know, they arrested my stepbrother on a bench warrant. They came to my house, and their warrant was written in pencil. I tried to keep them out, but they can be quite forceful around these parts. That's right. And then, of course, if you if you do anything, it's uh, disorderly conduct. I mean, they they have such and wide you're crazy latitude. if you do anything. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just bizarre. And uh, in this case, what I think is uh, is really interesting is. You know, Brian, those those folks have got to raise money, you know, and that's that's really well, troubling. Yeah, it's a breeding I, farm, right? He's got a stallion in the Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And, you know... Do you know uh, if they took the stallion? No, they did not take the stallions. They took the mares. But, they took well, the mares. Really, you know, yeah, interesting. But two to tango, man. I mean, you can't breed horses without mares. Right, right. Very true. Uh, what What's all? What's very interesting, though, is I don't know how you guys feel about this, but um, I think... As more people start speaking out against government tyranny, whether it's federal, state, or local, you're going to start to see the the tyrants pushing harder because, A, their backs are up, their dander's yep. up, and, uh, and, B, they're going to want to tweak the freedom-minded people. They're going to want to paint them in they a wanna, bad way. They're going to want to incite them. They want to put wanna, you back in your place, too. They well, want they're, you also, to, they're already calling the Free State Project an armed gang here in New Hampshire. That's true. Um, yeah. that's, it's been said You know, it's been said over there. They're, 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 listen to the uh, cop squawk boxes, and they've heard it. So Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys got quite a movement up there, but you have no horse industry, so... <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of horse uh, horse farms up here. People in New have horses. I don't know if that you know makes it's an industry. Eventing and yeah, just no racetracks and all. Uh, yeah, well, rel- come on up here and start speaking, one. speaking, uh, yeah, we we don't. And it's nothing like I know. Or wouldn't it be York. nice? What's that? Wouldn't it be nice to start oh. a racetrack? You got it, man. I, I imagine that'd be a little difficult because it involves gambling, and the government doesn't really like uh, anybody That's else. That's often for... the problem. Yes, yeah. and. Uh, and then with the purse money they have for these, a lot of these legalized gambling states can offer uh, more purse money to the trainers for uh, winning races. That's why in Louisiana you can make more money than you can here in Kentucky even during certain races. Mm-hmm. Not all of them because we have some real high-class races here in Kentucky. But if you take, a, say, a Turfway and put it at some of the races at Turfway and put them up against uh, fairgrounds down in uh, you know, Louisiana – the the, uh, the purse is higher. The trainers make more money, and it incorporates them to go down there. You know, it incentivizes them, not incorporates. Well, them. I say, come on up here and fight the good fight and legalize gambling in New Hampshire. And that'll solve yeah, that man. problem. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the, appreciate hearing from you. Well, if a man makes his living off of uh, legalized gambling, and uh, you're asking him to come up here, fight the good fight, and get it legalized, you're telling him to go without pay for a, a, a decade. Yeah. Well, yeah. no one ever uh, said this would be easy. Him. Yeah. One thing I want to mention, you know, something I've been reading about, and I'm going to pick up on it a little bit later in another conversation over at my site. But uh, so something that uh, I think needs to be addressed, and I don't know whether you guys have uh, spoken about this, is about the concept of animal rights, uh, rights for animals. Um, it can't happen, unfortunately. Uh, you know, the term rights, as historically applied and intellectually utilized, can only be applied to human beings. Why is that? It, because human beings are the only ones who can think and articulate the concept 
of rights. You can only you're the only one that can reciprocate. Exactly. Rights and to human others. beings are in a position where they can control and you know as unfortunate as some animal activists might be. And this does not mean that I don't think people should treat animals uh, humanely. Um, Let's come back and expand yeah. a little more on rights here in a moment cuz uh, I don't believe they exist. Yes, well except said. in I your mind. You. We'll I talk agree. about it. Hour 2 is coming up. You can bring up whatever you want and we'll uh, we got to get to the uh, the people that have the way out of the system. What's happening to some of them? Well, they've been arrested. We'll tell you about it. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, again, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their sites, we give ours away. Enjoy it at freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we're going to jump back into the calls. Just a little bit more on rights. Uh, Gardner, you were talking. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we didn't have a lot of time, so I wanted to make sure we had a chance to really get, get into this. Yeah. You were talking about rights, uh, specifically the idea of animal rights. And yeah. I mentioned that, well, one of the reasons you can't have uh, animals can't have rights is because they can't reciprocate yes. so i may treat mr ravage who uh, was in your lap earlier uh my kitty yeah. i may treat him as though you know i respect uh, as though he has rights you know i i, I may treat him in a in a way with with respect and you're and, a sympathetic uh, dignity. person you don't want him to feel pain because you can understand what it feels like to feel feel pain yourself but it won't stop mr ravage from uh initiating force upon me you know, there's there are times when he's feeling rambunctious where he will uh, want to to play, but it's yeah. it's it's an, an initiation of force. And if if Ravage was bigger than 14 pounds, if he were 140 pounds, he could hurt me yeah. uh, significantly by playing with me in that way. And so he doesn't respect Does he like me. Like to disembowel you while you play. Exactly, <laughs> he doesn't respect me the same way I respect him. And yes, so precisely. because he can't reciprocate. He can't have rights. No, and but you you started to lead in the direction where I wanted to go as well, Ian. Which is the very con- I said if you're going to play by these by these rules of having the state and you're going to be defending the so-called rights of animals, then you've got to understand the term rights as it's been historically utilized in a historical, not a historical sense. In the historical senses, rights are, as you said, negative rights. You have to be able to reciprocate. And only humans can do that. And only humans can articulate the very concept of naturally given rights that supposedly God gave you, according to Locke. Okay. But we can go beyond that into saying not only do animals not have rights, the very term rights, as as accepted under you know the traditions of the United States and, and Great Britain in many cases and so on, many of the Western nations, is that rights are... are are a concept that are used in the furtherance, and the only way you get the defense of rights, I'll restate it, is through government. Locke's second treatise of government, where he talks about natural rights, that you have a right to be free, is is written in order to support a, 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 a construct of limited government. 
So if one, and this is, I came to this conclusion when I read the Dick Heller case, the Heller case, because Antonin Scalia spent all this time talking about how the right to keep and bear arms was an individual right. And then he said, oh, and by the way, at the end, rights can be attenuated. And I, I I talked to Heller at the at the Liberty Forum about mm-hmm. this, and he said, "Oh yeah, you know that was a bone in order to get uh, I don't know who uh, Douglas or something like that to sign on something." So I said, "But the, he just undercut the entire concept of rights. So in putting rights in the hands of government to protect, you put the word rights in the hands of government to, to corrupt yeah. exactly. And so what you need to do, I think, and Sheldon Richmond and I have a uh, fee." had a nice conversation about this just a couple of days afterwards, after the Heller decision. I said, I think I need to re- reassess my entire view of rights because it's always been associated, rights associated with government to defend my rights. I don't need government to defend the way I interact with another human being. I should perhaps rephrase it as societally determined modes of interaction, of acceptable behavior. And I think com- – and then Sheldon said, well, you know, Guard, it's interesting because British common law was just that before it was codified. And then uh, Glenn, Glenn Jacobs and I were speaking about it, and he goes, yeah, now they call them lawmakers. He says they make law. They don't, they don't codify anymore. See, once they started to codify the British common law, that over the centuries led to them creating new positive laws. And he says he sees this, Glenn sees this as a continuation, a continuum from acquiescing the idea of rights rather than having everything just be common law held. Um, if you acquiesce the idea that government is there to protect rights and they're supposed to write the laws to protect rights, inevitably they're going to start to write laws that do, do more than that. And they So you're become, saying it worked better when everybody just kind of knew the the rules, and the rules were, you know, honor your agreements and do no harm. That Free association was and reputation. Law. Exactly. That everybody that, that that we really had rights back then because it was just more commonly understood, as opposed to then allowing it to be taking taking control of by the state. Yeah, you know, it, it's a it's a very nebulous way. It's a very nebulous thing to deal with. Some people say after they've looked at this, they say, yeah, but you know, the, using the term rights is still useful today because most everybody still has the same understanding of it. These these sacrosanct things you're that. not supposed to be able to be able to touch. Yeah, and and, and I I'm know, on the if fence. You can refer to it, if you can refer to it as rights theory or something like yeah, that, then, then yeah. you're, you're kind of talking about, because rights are an agreement. They don't exist. Right. You cannot pick them up and handle them um, in the same way that I cannot pick up and handle my marriage, yeah. and I cannot pick up and handle my partnership with uh, Ian. But it's an agreement, an agreement yes. between people, and the idea is... A mutually to, beneficial one. Right, to perpetuate right. that agreement to all people. There are people in you know, Papua New Guinea who will kill you and eat you. So the idea is to perpetuate that agreement that we call rights to those people. Yeah, now some people might argue, what about people who are brain damaged? They can't, they can't articulate it. They, can't, they don't know what's going on. They get but, elected and go to Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, you know, if, we, if we think that human beings are good enough to be able to not only determine how they're going to interact with one another, but to vote for people who have the machinery of coercion on their side to then determine for us what really are rights that are going to be protected because we're handing them to handing it to them. They're going to protect our rights. Don't do it. Big mistake. If we're gonna if we're gonna trust people to do that, then why can't we trust people just to come to these decisions themselves and 
to, on a voluntary basis, come up with agreements that if within their societies people are born um, with brain damage or people get old and so on, it's the same sort of thing. If we can, if we can come up with a concept, a machinery of government that people can trust to so-called protect rights, then why can't we be trusted to do it ourselves? Well, that's a, that's a very Just, logical point. Yeah. Uh, the reason why is because then people in uh, search of power wouldn't have any ability well, to precisely, control things. Precisely. And that's where Glenn, Glenn's comment, which I thought was just genius, uh, Glenn said, look, you know, it's, it's this, and it, 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 it dovetailed with what Sheldon Richmond had told me about British common law. And, and he said, yeah, guard, you know, I look at it as once they started to write the laws you started to see some mistakes. It was it was a good idea at the time to have the laws written down, but they put it in the hands of the government. And once the government starts doing it, the parliamentarians get in there, and then they start to do things to write new laws, to give favors to people, to exclude things, and that becomes the mechanism of the state that we see today. Yeah, it builds generation upon generation right, until right. you've got a $3 trillion or however many trillion dollar uh, federal government that has uh, tentacles in, into every possible conceivable aspect of your life today. Yeah, yeah. And it's the point where people have been so brainwashed into the system that even when they are shown the truth, even when they are told about freedom and they are told about how the government is actually not protecting them, but in point of fact, putting them in danger and threatening them. And and you can put all of that in front of them. But if it means that they're going to have to risk something, if it means that they're going to have to, uh, you know, to possibly lose their job, as Mark had, uh, had mentioned earlier, then nope, no go. You know what? My life is comfortable. I know I don't have rights anymore. It's okay. I, I know that they're taking my rights from me. I know that, you know, we lost this right last year, and now they're going to get rid of gun rights, and then you know, freedom mm-hmm. of speech is all the way on the, it's all the way out. And they look at it and they can see them going, but darn it, it's just so comfortable where they are. I mean, why change? Why rock the boat? Because then they might target me or they might target my family. you said a mouthful. It's this inertia. And again, I go back to a conversation that I had during the Liberty Forum. Uh, Glenn and I went out for dinner and actually were at this great, great restaurant and uh, just hanging out talking. And, uh, And we started to talk about, you know, how difficult it is to get people to look fondly at uh, at pro-freedom people they seem to be afraid or to get them to step up and say hey this is too much you know they might complain on a talk radio show or something like that but the the mass of people out there they there's this inertia there's this comfortable inertia and if you could say to them hey by being inert right now you're enslaving your kids Cut it out. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how to how to get, get their minds. I don't either. It may just have to get worse before it gets better. I hope that's not the case. Hopefully we can turn it around sooner rather than later. 800-259-9231. We'll come back with your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features we give to you free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. Free for you at freetalklive.com. The 57th running of America's legendary sports car classic runs Saturday, this week, March the 21st at Sebring International Raceway. The Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida, features the fastest race cars in the world. Gates open Wednesday uh, for four days of action, culminating with the Big big 12-Hour Classic on Saturday, March the 21st. That's Saturday, as I said. For ticket information, visit SebringRaceway.com. That's SebringRaceway.com. 
So we go to your phone calls. David is on the line in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, there. hey guys. How you doing? Super. Hey, uh, I came to a uh, libertarian tradition uh, via the uh, natural law um, uh, ideas, uh, primarily because I came from a religious tradition, and that led to kind of a belief in a, in a, in a higher law and, and that. Anyway. So when when one of you when one of you suggested uh, reciprocal rights, which is, has a lot to do with natural law yeah. theory, um, that struck struck an idea. So I want to play devil's advocate for a moment, and and for the moment I want to ignore the issue of, of how to actually do this. You know, the, mm. the enforcement area of it. If an animal does not have rights because they cannot reciprocate, um, uh, what if you have an animal? What, what about an animal that is completely not aggressive. For example, uh, in some areas they've outlawed all pit bulls because a few pit bulls became aggressive. And and they usually kill those pit bulls. They just put them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, either the police officer shoots them or somebody It's horrible. Somebody pulls out yeah. their Yeah. I mean, like okay, okay, if if an animal if an animal is not mentally capable of reciprocating via some grand idea, that does most animals don't actually hurt anyone. So they um, would that grant them some level of of rights on that basis? Well, it's not. I don't think and it's just about America, violence. If somebody's beating their animal, clearly hurting the animal, and the animal hasn't hurt him, uh, would that constitute that person committing an assault on something that's not hurt anybody? I, I mean, think... it's like an oxen. It's a, if an oxen doesn't gore anyone to death, generally they don't put it down. Well, the, but it's not. I don't think rights are necessarily just about uh, violence. Humans. It's also about you know property, uh, for instance. And property, property is another kind of common concept that we all agree upon with one another that we're going to respect about one another. Whereas animals, they have no concept whatsoever of what is your property and what is not. So you know, if that's, I don't take the claws out of the kitty, not, he's going to tear that's not stuff up. True. Every animal has a concept of territory. That's what the market, uh, the bird calling, birds calling in the morning. That's a territorial mark. Well, um, the, uh, the, a male dog peeing in your house uh, is unneutered is usually a way to try to keep un- other male dogs off your property. Sure, uh, animals um, uh, re- understand. Uh, you know, they seem to understand species-wide property. As you know, dogs don't want other groups of dogs in their territory, and you know, you know, predatory animals don't want that. That kind of thing. But when you start talking about, you know, the dog doesn't care if the bird lives in the tree on his property, you know. Um, Also, animals in a state of nature, you know, they have their territory. What if I come build a house in that particular territory? Have I violated the rights of that animal? See, I I kind of... Some some of of the animals would say, yes, uh, the mountain lions out in California sometimes (laughs) have a tendency to try to protect their little territory. They may very well. However, you get into this, uh, this area that is, as you had, you know, pointed out in the beginning, in, uh, impossible to enforce. Um, yeah. You know, so right. you, we, you sort of have to make a system that works. And in that sense, I'm not prepared to tear down my house because I've, you know, displaced a, no. you know, a, a handful of bow and, weevils. And, you know, Mark's no, and, point. And I was, I was playing devil's advocate, yeah. but it, it does, I suppose, after thinking about this, the line is not as, as, as clear-cut as it used to be for me. Well, it's interesting that, you know, uh, you talk about, Mark talked about enforcement. That's also one of the one mm-hmm. of the things, and we we need to distinguish what entity we would prefer to see enforce the concept of natural law. Uh, and I prefer to have 
human beings, free individuals, enforce yeah. it themselves in free association. Other people would like to have some human beings granted more power than other human beings to be to be yeah, able to enforce natural law. And of course, that gets corrupted. One of the things, though, you introduced an interesting line. All you guys. Uh, you got my wheels spinning here, and hopefully, you know, I'm I'm grabbing on some pavement too. Uh, Seems to be this is going both ways here. Yeah, today. yeah. To, to, I'm bringing in the race race analogy, so people rem- remember the advertisement for the race race. Uh, Twelve Exactly. Uh, but you know, it's interesting because I I tend to approach it from this standpoint, which is that. Uh, not only do we have some problems with uh, enforcement for for animals and things like that, but in my view, uh, human beings are the ones who actually articulate the abstract concept of rights. They are the only ones who do that. And human beings as a species uh, have the ability to kill, as a species, all other types of of living creatures. Right. Quite violent. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, let me play devil's advocate for another moment, because you just brought up another idea. Let's say um, a, a, I don't know, sometime in the future, a, 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 a real Mr. Spock comes to Earth and says, hello, what, what's, what would be the basis for granting something rights? Well, and and you're you getting a real fuzzy line, because it yeah. was already brought up, someone who is mentally retarded. And, and uh, you know, Germany declared people who are mentally retarded as not fit for life, and they, they were one of the early people they started executing. Well, maybe this goes back to the animals marking their territory. The animals marking their territory, there is a confrontational thing that occasionally blows up and occasionally keeps pe- keeps animals away from each other. Uh, mm-hmm. With human beings, we might have the same sort of thing even with, with uh, let's say, an alien that were to come down. Uh, human yeah. beings, this is why I, I seem to go more along the lines of societally determined through I- human interaction modes of acceptable behavior. Uh, because I think that, and I'm not trying to say that uh, that morality is, is purely subjective or whatever, and I'm not going to get into that. But, but through human interactions, human beings tend to want to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. So I think yeah. what you what you have is because they can they can think these arrangements through and come up with agreements that are open to the eyes of others who can also check this out for their self-interest. The self-interest and the the idea that they want to maximize pleasure and minimize pain in general will lead them towards something akin to natural rights theory. Well, well animals I, do that too. I mean, they, they've done studies where um, monkeys they found out monkeys that held their food or whatever, or their objects or whatever they claimed as theirs, um, closer to their body are less likely to be robbed by other monkeys because the concept of theft is alive and well in the animal world. But there is a con, you know, and and, uh, there is a desire among animals to avoid conflict. Usually conflict that occurs in the animal world is between two, two animals of equal size wanting the same thing frequently over mates. Tell that to the little one that gets eaten. I I think they'd call that a conflict. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's an interesting discussion. We're, we're short on time, but just quickly to uh, answer the question about the uh, the spaceman who comes down, how do you handle him? What about, you know, mm-hmm. does he have rights? I would say look to his actions to determine uh, how to handle him. Is he coming down with a death ray and shooting at people, or is he coming in, you know, coming in peace? You know, if he comes in peace, then it would make sense to afford him the rights that you would want for yourself, but he's coming down with a death ray. It's time to defend yourself, right? The real question about a guy with a death ray is what kind of rights does he think you have, mm, yeah, as thanks. opposed to what kind of rights do you think David, he has? Thanks, David, for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You're welcome to comment on rights or whatever it is you want to talk about. More of your calls coming up about anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. We, uh, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, including the wiki, over 1,800 pages, created by listeners like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive and change virtually anything you see. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is offering 12 different seminars this summer. In locations across the country, participation is free, and the IHS covers meals and housing. Seminars are for those simply curious about uh, libertarian philosophy to those passionate about liberty, even those who want career advice, networking opportunities, and lectures relevant to each career path. Go to libertarianseminars.com and register today. Deadline is March the 31st. That's libertarianseminars.com. Gardner, you know a little bit about this uh, IHS organization. What do you think? It is one of the best out there. Um, uh, they're fantastic. When people go there, they're going to have some of the greatest intellectual conversations they've ever had. Uh, the IHS is uh, far greater than ever heard on this show. <laughs> <laughs> the conversations are great. You're going to meet people your age, uh, younger, older, who are all involved. You'll, you'll meet some great professors. And as you know, I was just at one of their uh, weekend seminars. Uh, about 15 of us were invited down. We had a, an amazing conversation on uh, public choice theory and economics. I mean, you're really going to be hitting some of the real hardcore intellectuals. See, I don't even know what public choice theory is. So Not cool sure stuff, either. man. And, and, you know, the other thing is, I mean, they funded me uh, to do my first gig at a TV show. So That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's how I got my start in script writing. So thanks, IHS. You guys rock. I want to continue briefly the discussion of rights since David had called in and kind of expanded out. And we're talking about an- the idea of animal rights, which, uh, again, is where uh, Guard, you and I are saying here, rights basically don't exist uh, except in your mind. And hopefully most other people have the same agreement that rights do exist, and therefore we can all enjoy our, our rights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, David brought up the point about, well, what about the spaceman? What about We already talked about animals, but what about the spaceman who comes down and, uh, you know, what about his rights? And I, th- I think we were off the air when you said something like, so basically it comes down to whoever it is is most powerful defines what the rights are. Was, well, that's, is that what you said? Yeah, you know, if we're going to take it outside of the human sphere, but even within the human sphere, um, the, only, the only thing that I think uh, counters the powerful defining what the rights are are markets. Are, are people with their own skills being able to utilize those skills and freely meet other people? And, you know, if you've got the most powerful defining what the rights are, you've got a tyrant, and that's bad. And that's and, what we have. Exactly. And and so if you have a super powerful alien coming down, if he doesn't want to recognize rights, he's not going to recognize rights. Nope. And there are no rights. Exactly. So, uh, but, but one of the things I wanted to point out about that, and I think it's a true statement, that uh, that he who has the most power gets to define what the rights are. Yeah. But... It's also kind of, what we have today is also a sort of an illusion. I mean, we believe that the government has the most power, but it doesn't really. No. It only has that power because you have allowed it to uh, to take yours yeah, from you. Right. You have uh, essentially capitulated. You've rolled over and you've said, "Okay, you know, I'll just do whatever it is you say because I don't want to get hurt." But the reality is, there are more of us than there are of them, and it will always be that way. Yeah. So, so we have in, in, internally. 
within ourselves all the power that we need in order to stand up against these people and claim those rights for ourselves, right. but we just don't do it. I mean, well, And when I say we, I mean in general, Americans just are not willing to stand up for their rights, and so therefore those who would remove rights or would abolish the concept of rights are able to just walk right all over top of everybody, and, all of this, and, and during all of this, the Americans just nod their heads and say, well, you know, we need sometimes we need to have yeah. our rights taken from us. Yeah, well, um, Mark, so I don't want to it. jump in. On it. Well, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's, it still stands that rights um, come from the most powerful individual, um, and it's, uh, you know, that they're in agreement. And if you look at them at both of those things at the same time, the the agreement says essentially that this will keep us from having to use uh, violence. Uh, you know, whoever we is, and um, you know, you being the most powerful, uh, you know, you using violence in order to protect yourself. If you respect these rights, then we won't have to use violence against each other so therefore you have you know the, the 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 you know the lines are set and you won't you know the people won't have to use if the government respects rights the people won't have to use violence in order to protect those rights um and, and you know individuals won't have to use violence against other individuals so they're a, they're a great thing to perpetuate as an agreement rights are an agreement well i just you, now i'm all jazzed up and mm. i just wanted to jump in and mention skeptics might say well you free marketeers you know you're going to end up having the same sort of thing with the most powerful business, the most powerful businessman coming in, trampling upon all these other people and destroying their rights. And and, and you, you seem to think that there's going to be a counter balancing force with all the people out there going in and getting involved in the marketplace. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, the way you can prove it is the organic growth and existence of money as a means of monetary exchange. I've said this before. If the anarcho-capitalist, if the free market concept did not work and you had to have some government to get in there so that the most powerful, economically most powerful, wouldn't go in and define what everybody's rights were, you know, in a sort of a, a cipher to <laughs> the, the irony alien is that's happening today. Earth. Yes, exactly. And they, these people, they, they work circular. It's circular logic. Right. Um, we need to give someone power. To do what? To stop someone from getting all the power. It's like, what? so if this were not possible, you would not have seen the organic development of money as a medium of exchange between people because it would not have been possible for the money to sustain its value because someone would always be screwing up the value of it mm -hmm. in a free banking system. But that has not happened in free banking. It happens only in government banking. Because otherwise, absent government, there's competition exactly. that checks exactly. these people, and no one businessman could ever could ever gain that kind of power without tremendously satisfying a whole bunch of customers right. first in order to make that sort of money. And then immediately, as soon as he turned against his customers, he'd find himself uh, you know, up S Creek without a paddle the, and, exactly. and would have a real tough very, time getting anything the done. The very existence of money as a means of exchange shows that our paradigm works. Because money did not arise through government. It arose through free and voluntary association. Let's continue with your phone calls about whatever you want and talk to Mark in Texas. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Garden. Mark. Mark, Texas? Hello, yeah, I'm here. You're on the uh, air, Mark. Yeah, that was, you know, it was an interesting conversation about the spacemen, but let's bring it back down to Earth for a minute. Sure. Uh, but the spacemen about... was landing on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, sometimes I feel like I'm on, I'm on another planet because of all the stuff that's going on. But <laughs> yeah. I want I want to talk about uh, AIG getting 170 plus billion, and af afterwards they gave 170 plus million for bonuses. Mm -hmm. And sweet for some reason there's no outrage, 
And also, I want to talk about how Obama, uh, when he was on the campaign, when he was campaigning and spewing lies, was claiming that uh, troops are going to be out immediately, and he sends more in, <laughs> and uh, there are no troops that are going to be out of Iraq immediately. Uh, he, he lied. He's been caught in like three or four lies sure. uh, minimum. You got it's just uh, like the CIA the whole renditions. bailout yeah. is just fleecing the American people out of their money. What about the working people? And, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense uh, why there's no outrage. Back, uh, you know, in um, times where kings and queens ruled, which right now it's the same thing, kings and queens, except now they're called presidents, congressmen, well, instead of kings and noblemen. What has and, changed? Uh, I mean, where's uh, when you say there's no outrage, what would you define as outrage? Well, here's, here's the thing. Uh, back when kings and queens ruled, what happened was uh, people were outraged, and they didn't I mean, information is useless without action. And what I agree is, with what that. Happened, listen, and, and the thing is, with uh, back then, the peasants were outraged that they were being taxed so much by the kings and queens, amongst other things. And uh, they didn't sit around talking for years about, hey, we're so we, we've, we're being taxed and we're not treated fairly, and then just keep talking about it. Mm -hmm. They said, we're not being taxed, we're not being treated fairly, let's deal with these people. And those pe those kings and queens ended up on, on the end of a noose and were hung high. Now and and that then. Just, that justice was brought to them. Uh, what did that change? On, you can't count on corrupt courts to bring these people to justice. They own the courts. Uh, so, as a people, we need to come up with a system of our own where uh, like you were saying, uh, we the people are more powerful uh, and numerous. Than so the what do you want to do? I mean, you've got some. I think you've been making some great points, but you're, you're talking about taking action. I don't think the news thing is going to really work at this point. So what do you have in mind? I want to come back and, and talk to you about that more with Mark here in a moment. What's his plan? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line, and this is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. The SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and we like them. We like the, sh uh, the site that way. We hope you do, too. And if uh, you enjoy our website and you enjoy it for free, consider uh, making a voluntary contribution to the program and join the AMP program where you get perks. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. And that $3 a month that it'll cost you, which is, what, the cost of a cup of coffee, uh, that 3 bucks a month is going to go into the show and get reinvested, getting us on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board and helping new people find the ideas of freedom. So if that's valuable to you, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. And get on board. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's privacyharbor.com. A toll-free number here again, 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls. Mark is still on the line with us in Texas. Now, Mark... 
you, you're still there. Uh, great. Yeah, so we'd yeah. I'd asked you a question, and you'd you'd made some good points about how uh, you know th- things are, are are getting pretty bad out there, and the the peasants uh, back in the days of the kings would string them up and you know hang them from on high. And you were talking right. about how you have to take action, not just have information, but you have to take action. And I agree okay. with that. Uh, I don't agree with the uh, you know the violence to solve problems, but I was wondering what your plan is today. What what's the plan today? Because obviously the noose isn't going to work. Yeah. First of all, uh, a noose that's you know, uh, 16th century. Of course, that's not going to work today. And I'm not talking about violence. Uh, I'm talking about um, here, well, like you were talking about earlier, for instance, you were talking about how people, they know that they're being wrong, but they're so comfortable in their jobs and everything. The yes. point you made earlier, correct? Yep. And, okay. Now the same thing applies when, when uh, you try to, um, you know, uh, organize and mobilize at a local level, what happens is there might be a thousand people with you and behind you, you know, people that, that are sick of it. But the thing is, there's 20,000 people that are cowards and don't want, don't want to, uh, don't, you know, don't want any part of it because they're afraid of losing their job and their comfy lives. Right. They want to go that, along to get along. They don't want to rock the boat. What'll, listen, what'll happen is the only thing that they'll do is they'll get scared and, and turn you in and say you're a terrorist. And, uh, you know, the thing is that that's how they keep in power is because they know that the majority of people, they're scared. They're not going to mobilize against these people. And all it takes uh, to get these people out of there is just uh, completely, I mean, but it has to be done on the masses. There can't be, uh, if there's 20, you know, 20 million people, there can't be 50,000 people that agree to do it and the other millions uh, don't do it and expect results. What needs to happen on a mass level is we just, uh, you know, have people actually elected on local levels, and then it can get on bigger levels, but local levels where they can be trusted, they're not bought off, and uh, just local people, real So people. my understanding that your solution is to elect new candidates to office, that's oh, your no, solution? No, no, not that. Uh, what I, uh, I mean, just listen, it's not to elect new I'm candidates listening. to this form of government that's that's uh, just doomed to be corrupted. Uh, just have local people, uh, you know, and uh, that are that are kind of uh, collectively elected by by people to make decisions by the by the other citizens, by the other twenty thousand people. So, but so Mark, thing, what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is is that you're realizing that you're, I mean I'm not through. With we've been listening, but in order to listen effectively, yes, you are, Mark. You're Mark. saying elect new people, yeah. and it, whether it's you know some new system or old system, you can't. You're not going to get elected. You know, new better people. They've been doing that for two hundred and fifty years around here, and the fact is the system corrupts them. Um, and, and you know, I'm sorry that you feel interrupted. I'm I'm not trying to make you feel that well, way. Well, in order to be a good I've, listener, you have to ask for clarification. You have to I've felt about. this same thing, uh, Mark. I absolutely have. This is where I was at at some some point. I realized that it was completely futile um, to you know work within the system in the sense that you know you know stay put and you know try to get people elected on my local uh, you know stick a libertarian sign in my yard or whatever, uh, maybe donate a couple of bucks and some time to a libertarian campaign. That was doing zero. What I found was the Free State Project. Now you know it may not be the thing for you, but there are twenty thousand and liberty-minded individuals moving to one state where we can have some effect together because individually all split up we're not having it mark okay your thoughts yeah no now now what do you think about what i get what you're saying but you're not understanding is is the fact that um unless everyone agrees to this 
or everyone everyone takes action um, like you're saying nobody's going to uh to listen to anybody look at there was a i think is a unless hold on what did you just say unless everybody takes action nobody's going to listen to anyone can you explain that a little better of the people think about it this is a good example of what what my point is and which is the fact that 90 plus percent of the people on on polls disagreed with the bailout it went through anyway because you got these corrupt scum in office yes. that don't care what you think or what I think. All they care about is their banker buddies, the yeah, people sure. on Wall Street and everything else. We agree with, we agree with you. We left. agree yes, with sir. the problems, Mark. We absolutely do. We agree. Well, oh, with Likely, every problem that you're going to present about society, we agree. So, so other I'm, countries, I'm, my point is, other countries, uh, take Paris, for instance, there was rioting. They don't put up with this garbage. You're right. And the thing is, uh, you know, they... Uh, the government knows their place in other countries, but here no, it doesn't. they run amok. Uh, you you know, I mean, it's no, yeah. the bottom I, I, line. I, I, you know, you, you might be able there. to convince me that uh, Americans are somewhat more docile, or it takes uh, you know a different a different kind of prodding. I'm an American myself. I'm an American myself, yep. and I could tell you, I live here, I work here. I was raised here. Yes, they are more docile. They are more complacent. How many other countries that, have you lived and in? And if anybody could tell me different and prove to me, then I would love to see it. But I suppose Cuba seen, might be a good uh, example. Years. I suppose Cuba might be a good example of more docile people. You know, I don't know. Just a thought. There's no but doubt that their Americans are, are what pretty do you think docile. about the solution, Mark? Um, the idea of moving Violent 20... towards each other, but they're not. They don't direct that sort of hatred towards the people that are actually doing them wrong. They direct it towards each other like fools. So, you Mark, you, wanna, I mean? you wanted to ask Mark, the host, so, wanted to ask a question. Mark, I just, I, you know, um, I agree with the, the problems that you're presenting. What do you think about the solution that we that I came up with? 20,000 liberty-minded individuals moving to one state where they can have actually some synergistic effect on governance in order to roll it back to, uh, at the very least, at the very most, excuse me, the protection of life, liberty, and the uh, protection of property. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I I like the idea. I don't know if you're trying to be facetious or anything, but I like the idea. <laughs> Why would we be facetious? I, I picked up and moved to New Hampshire on a, on a joke. No, no, sir. I am absolutely if the, not. If being. the idea could actually uh, come to light and and, and uh, work, then I'm all for it. I mean, I'm all for anything that gives people their rights. Right. When are you moving? And God-given rights back. Yeah. Can, uh, when are you moving? Can I get you marked? And I can. I, can I get you go to, to freestateproject.org? Sign up for the. Uh, sure. um Just go sign up on the website. We've already got 670 or so people have moved. Um, there's, you know, likely there's twice as many because libertarians are kind of hard to get to sign up and tell tell the government where they are. Over uh, 9,000 have pledged to move. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, this idea is. This, he is rocking and rolling already, yeah. and uh, it's in I progress. That, I think that you'll be. I think you'll be happy with what you see here. At the very least, come up and check it out. Yep, you owe it to yourself. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And by the way, the show is brought to you by the Free State Project. And if you are frustrated with the lack of freedom where I you live, I feel his frustration. Yep, yeah. I've been there, and I'm still there to some extent. But I feel a lot better now that I'm surrounded by like-minded people here in New Hampshire. Are you tired of the oppressive state uh, intruding into your business or personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can, because it's happening. You can join the Free State Project at Free State Project. 
dot org. And Gardner, as a New Hampshire native, yes, having seen the decline of freedom in in New Hampshire, and now seeing the as everywhere the influx of liberty Free activists are pushing back. Man. Having been at the recent Liberty Forum, oh, what do you have to say about awesome. the vibe, about the activism, about the people that it's, are coming here? It's great on on every level. Whether you're an activist who wants to not participate with government and have personal secession and uh, protest. Um, the, uh, the laws, if you want to get involved with the uh, legal process, there are great minds. Everybody who's coming up here is just, I'm always so impressed by their, by their brilliance, their ideas, their creativity, and they help each other, and they connect with each other, and it's really great. So on the one side, we've got all these people around Keene. I mean, you guys just, everybody attracts, is attracted to coming over here, and it's great. People are doing awesome stuff. You've got all the people up in Concord who are working up there to try to pass laws that will, or at least stop laws from being passed, or introduce new laws that will expand the mode of freedom, uh, the world of freedom for people. Uh, we've got four representatives who are Free State Project members now. And two, you know, big-time sympathizers. Yep, it's uh, it's pretty cool, and it will. Boy, I tell you, man. it's only going to get better as yeah. more people come here. And it, as I said, it is actually happening. This isn't a pie in the sky fantasy yeah. like it was back in 2001 when the idea was was uh, put out there. There are really people moving every single month, and now that springtime is pretty much hit here in New Hampshire, I think we're going to see another new uh, bump in Surge. the amount of movers that come here. Hour three is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. As we launch here at hour number three of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Garth. And Mark. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. As we continue here taking your phone calls about anything still to come, we're going to talk about the anti-tax crusaders that uh, thought they knew the way out of the system. Well, do they? We'll find out. Uh, but first, we continue with your calls. Mike is in Maine, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike in Maine. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, How you guys doing? What's on Good. your mind tonight, Mike? Got a question. Um, it always seems that uh, libertarians always talk about uh, capitalism, and uh, I'm just wondering what are the potentials, uh, what is the potential for other uh, alternative economies in a kind of like a voluntary society? Like, you know, um, I don't see, like, if liberty is the state that you want to achieve, then why couldn't you choose another type of economic model besides just capitalism? You can, um, yeah. absolutely. And But now understand that when libertarians say capitalism they don't mean what we have on a you know the sort of global corporatism that's going on currently today what they mean by capitalism is the free exchange of goods and services among free people they mean, you know, exchange without hindrances. Yeah, right. hindrances by government. That's what they mean by capitalism. That's why I think we should stay away from the term capitalism because it confuses people. Uh, free market, I think, is a little bit better than that. While most uh, people who are uh, sort of the academic ilk will acknowledge that free market is essentially a capitalist kind of concept, 
uh, free market doesn't necessarily specify anything. So within the free marketplace, you can have a commune. Within the right. free marketplace, you can have capitalism. And within the free marketplace, you can have whatever your new organized I suppose, system is. I suppose if you're really dying to, you could have a king and um, you know people voluntarily get underneath that king and they work and his land for him and give you him uh, that, yeah. you know half of their uh, the grain that they produce on but that the, land. But the key thing to remember there is from the outset, the uh, the initiative the initiative it behind it all stems from voluntarism and a free market decision making process to get to those actual setups and it's all based on the free market and uh, Mike, Mike, um, the, 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 yeah. the, uh, one, one thing I want to make clear to you is you do understand that um, any other, uh, you know, monetary system, any other organization as far as, uh, you know, the, the way economically things might be organized is tyranny by a group of people over another group of people. Right. Like it's violence and threats of violence. Well, that's what I was, that's what I was wondering, you know, um, like, I mean, if you have if you can voluntarily choose, you can choose to follow economic models that aren't coercive in any way, shape, or form. And, like, you know, I don't understand why people, with, you know, respecting private property still couldn't choose to, like you said, like, have a commune. Or, they totally could. Know, they could. It, there it's are libertarian gonna, it, communists I, I'd love to see a good example of a working commune, because all I've ever seen is uh, dirty places that work very poorly. Right. And again, you know, this is something that, that needs to be... It. It, it, this needs to be stressed. I've had debates with people about this, and they don't seem to understand... Even if you're in a commune situation, if you enter the commune of your own free will with others, that is a free market decision. It is all predicated on the free market. If it is voluntary, it's a market-based decision. That So these all exist within a sphere of market-based decision-making among free individuals. Okay, so it just seems to me that... The word capitalism is kind of just being used in a place maybe – I mean, I guess if you're saying – if you're redefining it or defining it as something that in, includes all the free market options, then, then sure, that's capitalism. Okay, but you're No, saying, I don't think you can well, define capitalism that way. I don't think you can define capitalism to include communism. I think that capitalism has to do with you know collecting capital and investing it and hoping to get a return on your investment and, and doing business in that way, yeah, whereas running, distinction running a market. commune is, is a little different. Well, capitalism is sort of the, uh, is, is the, the default state um, as in a free, you know, with, without government interference, capitalism would be the default state. It's the most, I think, in line with human nature, probably. Yeah. So that's probably a true statement. But, um, but try a com- go ahead, try a commune. Go ahead, find some other uh, communal people and get yourself some land and uh, live together and, well, and work well, on I guess, it. Well, I guess also, like, you know, I mean, uh, I have friends, that, like, you know, who are, like, you know, into, like, anarcho-syndicalism and, mm-hmm. and other types of socialist-type things. Okay, but now ask and, them. You know, but th- now, I know they don't respect the, the, in, uh, the institution of private property. Right. But I was, oh, I'm sure they do. Like, well, yeah, they do. Sure they do. <laughs> Go try and take a crap on their bed, as, uh, as Dale pointed out, and see if they, <laughs> see if they object to it. You know, because so they, they it's not their bed do. until it is their bed. The, the next thing you have to ask an anarcho-syndicalist, because generally what these people believe is that there will be small little areas that specialize in making things, kind of the way Detroit specialized in making cars, um, you know, except that likely it would be smaller than that, is who's going to decide? And, you know, they, they want, you know, what if I'm in the, uh, the, the, the commune that makes cars and I decide, you know, I don't like cars. I like painting on pallets and I'm going to, I'm going to paint me some pictures and stuff and I'm going to try to sell them. So what are they going to do? Kick me out of the car commune? 
Right, right. It sounds like an insanely yeah. boring right. life to this me. Is, it's really great. Tell them to write... Uh, you know, fantasy fiction, because they'll make some money. But the idea that you're ever going to put some kind of, uh, you know, world together like anarcho-syndicalism, and I were one in high school. Um, I, I was an anarcho-communist in high school, so I understand these concepts pretty well. They are lame, stupid, and poorly thought out. I like the idea of being able to uh, drive down the street and see different businesses instead of one auto body shop after right. another or whatever the city would be based on. I mean, it's just you silly. know these these people love hom- uh, homogeny. They love the idea. Well, we'd all have uniforms. They'd all be the same color. Nobody would be above another person. We'd I all hate drive that. the same car. We'd no all thanks. have the. They'd all all those cars would be the same color. Who would want to live in no that world? No doctor would be better than any um, you know garbage sweeper. Come right, on, everyone man. makes the same amount, everybody right. is the same. Because if what I'm making the same amount as the garbage sweeper, um, you know, then I'm going to do, you know, I'm not, and I'm the doctor, I'm not going to work as hard. So it just sounds like the, the economic model just doesn't seem to really make sense, but the liberty and freedom aspects of anarcho-syndicalism probably make just as much sense as anarcho-capitalism. I mean, they're the same thing, basically. So right. Just the, just, the, just the concepts of the economic if, model don't... It's the anarcho right. if, that's if, the key. <laughs> it's the key, right? Like, if it's anarcho means there's no government, and the fact is, their syndicalism idea, their communism idea, well, you're not going to get it, man, because the free people are going to want to do things that they want to do, not what you want them to right. do. Right. I mean, have you ever <laughs> tried to organize a hundred people to get them to do what you want to do? It's not a, it's not an easy process, and to, to believe that you could get a city of 5,000 people all together and on the same page, like, okay, we're going to make widgets, and that's this is the widget city, and if you don't want to be making widgets, you don't need to be here, and bringing everybody, everybody in line with that, it was is just an incredibly difficult proposition because they're just not all going to have the same. As much as they might want everyone to be the same, they just don't all have the same motivations. They don't all have the same desires. They don't all have the same, uh, you know, makeup. I mean, they're all they're, they're all different. And the free marketplace and capitalism, I think, allows those people to express their differences, uh, differences and embrace their differences in ways that they can all interact with one another and do the things that they want to do rather than have to uh, conform to some societally created idea, which who... Cr- who comes up with the idea? Who's the originator of the uh, of the concept that this is the widget city? Who who is it that that makes that decision? How does that how does that decision making process actually organically occur? Maybe I don't know these things. Maybe the anarcho syndicalists have figured it all out. And uh, and to them they I haven't. say to them I say good luck. I've read their books. They haven't. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a great idea that a city um, that cities should be, you know, about 30,000 to 50,000, and I think that would be great if cities, you know, came up to that size and I think that likely that would work pretty well. However, what if more than 50,000 people want to get together in a city? And what if they want to do a bunch of different things, which they're going to want to do in any size city? Just go so to it sounds city. like the, or, the organizational factor of putting these things together seems like it just makes it really not feasible. It's very it centrally, like. it sounds to me like it has to be centrally controlled to some extent. And doing that eventually is going to, unless you've got total 100% obedience from the other 29,999 people, you're going to have to use force at some point in order to well, exact unless, your, exactly. enforce your vision upon everybody. And just doesn't seem unless, like it'll work out. Follow, unless, unless they follow the doctrine of non-coercive and allow people to opt out, like you said. Yeah, and at which point their system falls to pieces, and they had a really good time, uh, you know, drinking coffee and discussing it with you (laughs) intently, leaning forward in their chair and shaking their hands at you. Like, that was great, but their time was wasted. They should have written a book about it and made some money. 
Thanks for the call. Thanks for your time. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, I was going to mention something about public choice theory and, and the game theories that they set up and so on, but I will not because I know we've got to uh, <laughs> we do take have other a calls. very important break. And uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Garth. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Coming up this summer... You get to choose from a dozen different seminars put on by the Institute for Humane Studies. LibertarianSeminars.com is the website. You need to get signed up soon because the deadline is March 31st. Go and take a look at the variety of different options they have, including uh, one of them in Philadelphia, Scholarship in a Free Society from July 25th through the 31st. It's for graduate students where you'll examine the implications of libertarian ideas on society, academia, the future, and more. So head on over to LibertarianSeminars.com and get signed up for that one or a variety of the other ones. Again, a dozen of them in this summer alone. And, oh, I should mention that IHS not only gives these away, so you get to participate free, but they'll also pay for your housing during the seminar. That's they'll pay awesome. for your meals. So there's really no reason not to do this. And they usually have like a bunch of books that they give away, too. Pretty They're cool. Amazing. All right, so we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, and we'll talk to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. What's on hey, your Gert. mind tonight? Hey, Matt. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about beliefs. You had a uh, gentleman call last week sometime and uh, said something about how you had changed from a atheist to a pantheist, and some people were upset about that. Some, I'm sure some people were. I know some people were. <laughs> I've heard yeah. them. Um, I just wanted to say that beliefs are something that's very, very internalized. It's not something that is necessarily going to be qualified or uh, objectified that you can prove or disprove. It's just something that you have and you carry around with them. And whether you're an atheist or whether you're a pantheist or a Hindu or any kind of religion, it doesn't matter. These are beliefs. They are by nature not necessarily reasoned out completely. Because they're dealing with concepts that cannot be proven or disproven. They're dealing with concepts that are very nebulous. Uh, and it's the same thing with rights, like you were talking about earlier. Rights are, in my, in my opinion, rights are something that people um, can either choose to exercise or not exercise. Mm -hmm. And they can choose to honor on another person or violate them. Absolutely. Uh, depending. And what we've seen so, here, at least so far in New Hampshire, is that those who choose to exercise their rights are those who are most likely to be targeted for some sort of retaliation right. by so the government right. people, like Dave Ridley being arrested last, what was it last week or the week before? Anyway, being arrested for uh, trying to use his right to be the free, uh, a free press 
And they arrested yep. him in, in the, the lobby of the Keene District Court for Ridiculous. him trying to exercise his rights, which clearly, if everybody agreed on those rights, he would have been able to exercise. But he was arrested for it. So, Right. That happened uh, before the Liberty Forum. That's correct. And um, I think it's important that people decide to exercise their rights. I, I agree. I think it's important that people decide that they have them and that people decide to exercise them because it makes the people in power have to make this decision whether or not they're going to violate them or not, or, or in other words, whether or not they're going to try to force people to conform to their rules and regulations. Absolutely, and the, and the more often the government people violate people's rights and the more publicly those uh, rights are being violated, the more upset, hopefully, the average p- folks will become about these consistent rights violations that, that essentially they're being forced to fund. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to, uh, to get into busybodyism here, but uh, Ian and Mark are aware of this, that uh, sometimes we're going to have to stand up for the rights of other people who are not in positions to be able to do it themselves. And I mentioned to Ian and Mark, today I did an interview with a guy from my website. Uh, His dad is 88 years old, and he just got a letter from the EPA telling him that he owes them $17,000 because he owned a gas station 22 years ago (laughs) and had oil taken away by a company, which then evidently, they, they have not had a trial, they just sent him this, and they said... This company dumped it somewhere, so you're liable. No wow. trial, no, you know, it's just this bizarre thing. So this guy's 88. His wife has Alzheimer's. So you know, Jeez. I'm speaking out at, at the website about it. You know, so that's that's terrible. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't that's know how much his son wants me to get involved, but it's just ridiculous. So you know, there are people out there who aren't in positions of being able to defend themselves. So we're going to have to step up to the plate a little bit once in a while for those guys. You know. And if you if you listen to your to the news broadcast that comes between the hours of your show, they just talked about um, the police targeting people with Ron Paul stickers. Yes. On their on their uh, bump on their bumpers, yep. Ron Paul bumper stickers, and people who take the, the Constitution seriously. Yeah. I mean, aren't you supposed to take the Constitution seriously? Evidently, the government doesn't do it anymore. Certainly not. Yeah, so, you're right. Thanks, Matt, for the thoughts tonight. Anything else on your mind? No. Appreciate the call. Yes, thanks, Matt. 800-259-9231. We continue here and talk to Jimmy in Michigan. Jimmy, you are on Free Talk Live. How's it going, guys? Hey, Jimmy, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, actually, I just want to pick up where uh, your last caller left off, where it talks about how, oh, yeah, people that are in uh, the campaign for liberty are terrorists and militia people and what have you. This whole Missouri thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the thing of it is, is I talk to a lot of the people. I'm in the campaign for liberty. I'm a precinct delegate in my little area here, and I'm proud of it. If you want to come and get me, come and get me. Now, you're talking, just to bring our listeners up to speed, you're talking about a story we touched on last week where some Missouri Information Awareness uh, Center, which is a governmental organization, has put out a brochure for, was it law enforcers, uh, various different government bureaucrats, I presume. Yeah. They put out this brochure essentially talking about the militia movement in America. Yeah. And yep. oh, yeah. and and su- suggesting that militia people may be involved with the Libertarian Party, with the Constitutionalists, with uh, you know, as as you were t- as you were talking, Ron, Ron Paul, Paul. Yeah. 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 Yes, you are a member of a paramilitary organization. Ron yeah, they, Paul. 
They have a list here. Oh, come um, on, how ridiculous. I was over at the Repairman Jack website, F. Paul Wilson's website, and there's a girl who uh, posts over there who goes by the name Webby. And uh, it's the Missouri Information Analysis Center, MIAC. They distributed a report entitled The Modern Militia Movement to Missouri Law mm-hmm. Enforcement Agencies. Yep, I read um, it. Yeah, and they can People be documented do as... work in their community, good work. People that support their county sheriff. Yeah. Oh, look out for them. Mm-hmm, yep. It said all of that. And, of course, they also conflated everybody. They managed to conflate libertarians and liberty-minded people with, uh, with hate-spewing bigots all in the same, yeah. uh, all in yes, the same exactly. paper. That's why they put freedom to fascism and zeitgeist in with Turner Diaries. And i got to tell you, we were talking yeah. about this off the air, and I've been speaking with my friends about this. This is going to happen more, and there are going to be things that you're going to be seeing. There was an arrest we're in Nevada. We're being effective. Well, yeah, yeah we're being true. effective, but I got to tell you, man, I don't know how you feel about it, but as the economy takes a downturn and more people become more irate at what the government is doing, the government is going to start pushing back. Whether it's going after people here in New Hampshire, they've been the pushing back project. here. They've, yep. they've gone after Free Staters hardcore in 2009 so oh, yeah. far, and We're doing I, the same thing in Michigan with Paul Optimerville. That's why Paul we need to get together. Yep. We need to get our people together and get active. Uh, and I thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL. CAI toll-free line. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can, by the way, enjoy all of the features on our website for free, including live streams. So you've got a broadband version to choose from, a dial-up version, and even a webcam, all free for you over at listen.freetalklive.com. Again, that's listen.freetalklive.com. And should also mention that the streams are now available on your mobile device. Uh, You can just go to m.freetalklive.com to get to the Free Talk Live mobile website where there will be some very simple instructions as to how to listen to Free Talk Live on your iPhone or your BlackBerry. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So, And and that's free, too. So, um, 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls, and we'll talk to Brody in Utah on the amp line. Hello, Brody. Hey, guys. What's on your mind? Yeah, I just, uh, I'm, the other night you guys uh, had, were, had a conversation with someone about uh, regulations. I didn't get to catch the whole show. Uh, but there's just a few things I want to talk about about regulations real quick. Sure. Uh, first of all, it's, it's the problems with regulations, I, I should say. First of all, the biggest one of the biggest problems is that bureaucrats going to make the rules, yep. overriding what the consumer wants. Uh, Not just the, any uh, bureaucrats. Uh, typically, the rule makers in regulatory boards are old school business owners. So usually, if you've got a board that recommends regulations, it's usually populated by the established business owners in that particular industry. So whether we're talking about a restaurant board or a, a plumber's board, it's typically the business owners that are coming up with these ideas. Yeah. And. Uh, the other two points, I've, I've heard a lot about, uh, you know, how regulations give people a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. And I think the other two points uh, really drive to that. Uh, the next point is that the, the bureaucrats, or the not bureaucrats, but the regulators can be bribed. Uh, Absolutely. There was a story a few months ago about a, a bunch of bureaucrats that were bribed, or not bureaucrats, but the regulators that were bribed. Yeah. Um, and then the other point 
that uh, people don't, I don't think, realize when you talk to them about regulations is, I don't know if you guys know about this, probably I would imagine you do, but when regulators go to a business to inspect them, they tell them before they go there. Yeah. Typically, yes, they do. Yeah, absolutely. There so, may be some I mean, exceptions to that, but th- for the most part, that is true. Yeah, you know, there was a there was an article in the Boston Herald in 2007. I wrote a piece for the Von Mises Institute, and it, uh, it put some of the data in there that for the entire state of Massachusetts, people think that they're protected by restaurant inspectors. There were <laughs> two restaurant inspectors for the entire the state. state of Massachusetts. And yeah. then later they found out that one of those restaurant inspectors was getting bribes. On the take. What yep. a surprise. You know, that could be as that could be as simple as him just getting free meals at the places he goes to yeah. and being tr- waited on uh, like like royalty. I and mean, it may not even be very expensive bribery. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing and and uh, you know, I don't see how people uh don't seem to understand that it's not only doesn't protect people, doesn't just give them this false sense of security, but that the marketplace is really what keeps them safe. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. All along, while the government is out there doing its regulating, it's really the market and its safety measures that are really the ones that are keeping people safe. Like I love to talk about, I mean, you mentioned restaurants. It's a great great example because when you talk about getting rid of regulations and going to third-party certification, people get all scared because, oh, no, then the government's not in there. (laughs) But but the, the truth is... These businesses, especially uh, the corporate ones, they have their own regulators within their corporate structure that literally fly around from place to place and they check out store after store to make sure that they're up to spec. And usually those specs are a higher level of, uh, of specification than what the government regulations sure. might the, require. The, the yeah. specs take, um, take into consideration the dirtiest, grossest restaurant you've eaten in because, well, somehow or another they managed to make it through the process. <laughs> Any other thoughts, Brody? Well, and just along those lines, I, I mean, on, te- on television, talk about restaurants, the show, I think it's Kitchen Nightmares I was watching. Yeah. And uh, it goes into this restaurant and goes into the kitchen, and it was completely filthy. And they actually said on television, yeah, we've passed with flying colors. inspection. <laughs> it happens all <laughs> you know? the time. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's a complete joke that people think regulations – uh, protect them when uh, it just costs the taxpayers hundreds of millions of dollars every year. Oh, you so. nailed it, Brody. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Not only does it cost the taxpayers, but it also, it directly as far as that's what they're paying for through taxes, but it also costs every consumer because of higher prices. If the regulations are in place and those regulations make it so that starting your business costs $200,000 instead of $100,000, right. the business has to raise prices to make up for that. Because some of these regulations that these inspectors look for don't have anything to do with how clean the floor is um, or the the utensils or the countertops, which would be very important to most uh, restaurant eaters, people eating at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. What they have to do with is like the the, the fire evacuation system and the huge overhead venting and Mm -hmm. how many parts per thousand of uh, oil, airborne oil is in the air. And those grease-borne, airborne grease particles is what they call it um you know all that crap which the average person doesn't care about when you know they go into a sandwich shop that's making paninis you know or something like that so this one size fits all system that they've put in place costs us money that's a great i just want a ham sandwich because we all make decisions in our lives about at what threshold do we say we don't want to spend any more on safety 
Yeah, uh, what risk if, level are, are exactly. you feeling okay with? Automobiles, clothing, uh, all sorts of things. Television sets, whatever it might if be. If you go to one a Benihana restaurant, people will pay extra to be that close to fire. You got it. I mean, I mean they, want, they want the guy to go. Shoot, I'm hanging out with, uh, you know, you and I are hanging out with Jason Osborne down in Vegas, and we're having raw hamburger, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's oh, some crazy ew. stuff. But there you go, raw no, steak. It, but it, Ian doesn't didn't know what frog raw these, was either. So it's and and did you once <laughs> did you once think it was the state inspector that was protecting us? No way. No. It was that they were in Las Vegas, and if they had people getting sick. Because they were serving if up bad stuff. If the inspector had come to our table with those, oh, you know, with all those anarchists, they were lucky that he didn't. Yeah, get he would have been out, out of there. Ben, ben Powell would have run him off. <laughs> it would have been great. And Jason or Jason, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it it is amazing to me. And people, they're indoctrinated with this idea. Uh, it, it's stunning. You know, I uh, I happen to work near a place that does uh, fingernail um, fingernails and cuticles and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, they were shut down within the first three months because. Um, the state said that they didn't have the proper paperwork or something like that. Not that they were unsafe, but they didn't have the right exactly. paperwork, which means no, they didn't pay the right bribe. How exactly. People that do is. get, um, you know, the people, you know, in un- unclean places that do nails and, and you know cuticles and stuff like that. People do get terrible infections. But, mm-hmm. but you know, I want to make a decision about how safe something is. I, I, I want to find out. Hey, am I going to buy a really heavy car? Uh, or am I going to buy a gas-efficient car that might be a little less safe? Well, am I going to go to a super nice restaurant, or am I really, really hungry, and I'm down on my money, and I'm going to go to, you know, Joe's... taco joint. Joe's <laughs> Tacos, yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, I want to make that decision for myself. I, I, I'm with you, and I think that, uh, you know, in a free market, what you would have is you'd have several different levels of yeah. certification that, uh, you know, fingernail places could go through. Um, Absolutely. You know, they, they could have the, you know, the, the level that says, it's safe and clean and here you'd have the level you know the the five star level that says guaranteed oh. to have a pool or yeah, whatever. and you know there are a couple other things Steam to mention room. there too because then you get the busybodies who say oh but then the poor people they'll be exploited if you just left it within the marketplace you need the government because poor people will be exploited they'll be given bad food cheap bad food you say well here's the idea they'll get if their cheap you food force cheaper the low <laughs> price guys to have to conform to what you want them to conform to right uh, they're not going to be in business People so the poor people spend more money on cheap food. food. You know what? They'll I, be doing other things like going through trash bins or something. Th- these people that are so concerned about well, the poor and the the, the low income workers, we need to pay yes, a living yes. wage. I mean, these tend to be the same people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I, what my one of my favorite responses is these days is you know what? That's a great idea. You, sh- you if you think that people should be paid twenty dollars an hour to serve coffee or whatever it is that the, the job is, why you don't you open a store that sells? Exactly. There you go. Why don't you shut the hell up and stop? complaining and right. stop trying to force all of these existing Precisely. business owners to change their business model. Why don't you get together with some of your uh, similarly minded brethren, find some investors, pool some money together, and go open yourself a coffee shop that pays your, your clerks $20 an hour and the go fact for is, it. The fact is, and people say, well, they couldn't compete. Well, maybe you could, maybe you couldn't. Look at this fair trade coffee. This nonsense, unionized coffee bullcrap that's out there. People will pay extra for fair trade coffee. A lot extra because they think that the poor migrant the poor ethnic people are getting taken care of well no they're not they're it just other it's you know it's one ethnic group that's getting exploited over another one all right more on the way here you can bring up whatever you want 800-259-9231 even these remaining moments enough time for your call this is free talk live 
is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Com. And by the way, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer. They even sell used items. So if you need to save a few bucks, you can do it that way. Of course, their brand new item costs are drastically lower than a whole lot of department store prices. Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. See for yourself. Pick up a uh, copy of Gardner's book, Live Free or Die. Yes, sir. Well, you get the chance. And by the way, Gardner's name is Gardner Goldsmith. So in case you want to search for it, thank that's you for how the you plug. And I, I'd like to plug... Uh, uh, my my uh, awesome website. I'd rather that they get it through you guys, but if they go to Liberty Conspiracy, they can see the image of it over there. Yes, and they can read blog posts when it's working, which is coming soon. <laughs> well, yes, we got the blog. It's been a long time coming, but uh, please head over to the website. Uh, it's you very can certainly cool. The get, forum is definitely open over there. So you can certainly get audio, started. too. You oh, can and get the audio, show. yeah, yeah. And I, I hope people will listen to that interview today with uh, the man whose father was being screwed by the uh, the EPA. Very good. Head over to LibertyConspiracy.com to grab Gardner's show and enjoy that uh, because it's free, which is uh, the way good shows should be. So let's continue. Tom is in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Yesterday morning in Turner County, South Dakota, a woman called the cops because she was worried about her boyfriend, a 19-year-old man who was despondent and also armed. And, of course, the first thing you do, of course, is call in gun-toting goons in bulletproof vests to haul the guy off to a mental institution to be locked up and drugged because that's bound to brighten up his day and make him glad to be alive. <laughs> yep. Next thing you know, there's, this call comes in to 911. A cop walked into my house and I shot him. Okay, the news media is putting that quote over there as if to imply that the guy is admitting he did something wrong. No, 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 the cop walked into his house. Mm. Now, two points on this here that I need to bring up. First of all, there's, uh, they put this on the TV station Channel 13's website out there, KSFY TV, and then there's a place where people can put their comments. And some people uh, agree that the cop killer did the right thing, and some people are saying, how dare you say such a thing? And so folks can go to ksfy.com and add their comments Great. to that. And the other point is that whenever there's a cop's funeral, typically the family members and the clergy and the altar boys and choir girls are inside the building, and right outside the building, there's hundreds and hundreds of cops standing at attention. They're not wearing their helmets. There's no innocent human being. That's Wednesday at 1 p.m. outside the Dakota Prairie Playhouse in Madison, South Dakota. That's where you're going to see hundreds and hundreds of cops. Is that where we're going to see you, Tom? That's where Tom's going to strap up with some explosives no and uh, innocent human beings and interspersed among them. Uh, so you know, if you happen to be going through Madison, South Dakota, you may want to take an alternate. Route. Is there a That's clock the tower anywhere Madison. nearby, uh, Tom? <laughs> Thanks oh, for the no, call. Now he would never suggest actually doing any uh, anything violent to the police, and nor would I. I think it's a, I think it's a bad idea. I think generally that's going to result in um, them escalating. You were talking earlier, Gardner, about the government people looking for an excuse to escalate, and yeah. if if there ever was an excuse for them to escalate violence, it's using violence against them. And I know that there there is a large segment of the liberty-minded uh, populace out there that is uh, is always agitating and frothing at the mouth for the it's time to shoot the bastards. But uh, if you 
shoot them, then they're going to come after you in force. Although Tom's technique didn't sound like a bad one. I mean, if it comes to that, uh, the funerals might not be a bad place to, to do that. I'm not well, suggesting it. It's only going to work a couple of times, Ian. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, no, vi- violence is not the solution. Violent. They are not stupid. The violence is not the solution. Uh, the solution is to get as many liberty-loving people as possible to the same place to stop obeying the state. Because if we can get enough people to disobey and to non-cooperate, then the whole structure is going to crumble. It really isn't held up by much. What's holding up the state is people's belief in it. It's people's belief in it and their obedience to it. Even if they don't believe in it, it's their obedience to it. And in the liberty movement, where people know better, where people know that the state is evil, that uh, that government is a that is, you you can't that government is coercive, that it is a violent monopoly, that it needs to be opposed. They're mostly still afraid to actually oppose it on any significant level beyond running for office and, yeah. and playing politics. Yeah. And I think that, that something, needs to, uh, something needs to break and something needs to change there. And as we get more people together, as more people experiment with non-cooperation and get more comfortable with it, get more comfortable saying no to the government's demands, that'll help encourage others to say no, and then hopefully that'll spread out from there. And even if they do crack down, Gardner, that just shows them for the violent thugs that they actually are, and it... It actually helps our case. So we don't want that to happen. No. But if they're going to do it, yeah. then it's going to actually help us out. In, in, in that, To give you an example, when they went after me for the, the couch in the yard nonsense a few months back, yeah. since they came after me, the influx of activists into the Keene area, which is where we live and do the show from, has been it's, tremendous. Yeah, uh, a lot more people have shown up. So one of the uh, one of the free staters has proposed. I think it was Cat uh, Canning and Lauren Canario, Cat from the New Hampshire Free Press, the editor of the New Hampshire Free Press, is going to be uh, holding an awards ceremony at this upcoming. Social Sundays event that we have. We have this social hangout event every week on Sunday, which you actually came out to yesterday, Mark. It was nice to see you out there. Uh, we had probably about 20 people out there yesterday. Yeah, it was a great awesome. turnout. Man. And so next, this coming weekend, there's going to be a special occasion at Social Sundays at 5 o'clock. Where they're going to have an award ceremony for Judge Burke. They're going to give him an award. Of course, whether he shows up for this or not is another question, right? Wouldn't it be cool if Judge Burke actually showed yeah. up to get the award? Yeah. Anyway, they're going to give him this award for uh, as a thank you because his violent, thuggish actions, having me thrown in a jail cell, contributed to more people signing up for the Free State Project and specifically more people moving to New Hampshire uh, and uh, specifically Keene, New Hampshire, as a result of all of that. So it's kind of a neat, <laughs> neat little thing to do there. Don't you think that... Brittany or McKinsey or whatever the heck her name is should get an award too. Brittany McKinsey, you mean the girl that uh, the, the the one that works for the states that snitched on you? Yeah, the snitch. You know, What's I forgot name? what her name is. I don't know. It's one of those names. Sam and uh, Julia were out the other night and they thought they saw her at Chili's and they were gonna go and say something to her, but she was just so wasted. I don't know. I guess <laughs> I don't know. They thought it was her. Hey, uh, here's a quick story for you, and we'll try to make it fast. I, the story is out of. Vegas, where Jan Lindsay served as a special agent with the FBI until 1995 when he retired in good standing from the agency and eventually became involved in an anti-tax, anti-government movement. Now, Lindsay faces the possibility of meeting the same fate as one of the tax protester movement's more notorious leaders, 81-year-old Erwin Schiff, who was convicted of tax crimes in 2006 and is now in prison. Uh, Lindsay was arrested a couple weeks ago. 
and in a raid orchestrated by the Joint Terrorism Task Force, an arm of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So we talked earlier about how libertarians and liberty-minded people were going to start being labeled as terrorists, and this yeah. is this is one example of that. They say that uh, he was charged with possession of an unregistered weapon, and Sean Rice and Samuel Davis, uh, uh, one of them who worked with how the CIA. How would they find out that he had a uh, unregistered weapon unless they went through his house? Uh, they were charged with conspiracy and money laundering. They say all four defendants, the U.S. attorney says all four defendants belong to the sovereign movement, which does not believe in the authority of the federal government. Now, I like the sovereign movement. I like the idea of being a sovereign individual. I like the idea that uh, that w- that if you believe in government, you should believe that people created the government and then the government created corporations and blah, 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 and that the people should always be above the concept of government because, well, it was allegedly created by mankind. Of course, it's all been twisted around and now yeah. we're all subjects to it. Yeah. And so the sovereign movement are just simply people who are saying, you know what, I, I, I'm a sovereign. I'm not going to be part of your system anymore. But unfortunately, no amount of, uh, of declaration, no amount of saying the right, uh, the right words, the, uh, the right invocations, or uh, y- there's no no way to stop these people from coming after you. And we're going to see it put to the test here because uh, in the story they talk about how these guys are individuals who believe in things like accepting for value. And uh, when asked to enter a plea, one of them said, I don't know what that means. The judge responded, it's a simple question, guilty or not guilty. The judge ended up entering a not guilty plea. I mean, I tried stuff like this in uh, in court, and that's what the reason why I got thrown in a jail cell. They, they didn't even want to hear the questions I was trying to ask. They didn't care that I'd sent in you know, paperwork in advance that said, uh, well, I don't consent to any of this. And I'm only showing up under, you know, under duress and because you're coercing me to. So they didn't care about any of that. But someone will say to, to me, they'll say, well, you know, you just didn't do it right. You didn't file the right yep. paperwork and you didn't say the right invocations. And so uh, therefore they went and they rolled right over top of you. But if you'd just known the right way to do it, then you would have gotten away with it. And so now like two of the two of the leaders of some of these patriot movements are being put on trial. For, and these guys say that they know those terms. But presu- to they should know. I mean, these are these some are of the, the big grand names. Uh, One of them was in free. Freedom and fascism, from what I understand, is as one of the the people that was uh, one of the speakers in that movie. So we'll try to keep an eye on this. If we get a chance, we'll bring you updates on their case and see what happens to them. Because I highly doubt that standing in front of the judge and saying I declare myself sovereign is going to do much to keep him out of a jail cell. I wish it could. I wish it would work. And maybe this will be the one case that'll work. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.